listening to 10 Plus One from Speech Acts Media. It's a show where artists share the music that made them make music. Each guest will share 10 songs, some combination of their own music and the songs that influenced them, plus one more to end the show, which we'll play with no further comment. I'm Brian Lee, and today we're joined by Dance Depot. Combining club-sized drums, driving bass lines and post-punk guitar riffs into a highly danceable arrangement, Dance Depot has been living up to their namesake since their inception two years ago. Guys, welcome to the show. Welcome, thanks. Nice being here, thanks. Before we get started, could you each introduce yourself so the listeners know who's who and what you do in the band? All right, so I'm Platzer. I play guitar at Dance Depot. My name is Alfio, I play guitar with Dance Depot. I'm Stefan, I do synths and production. All right, so... This is the first time that we've had a full band. And I think this is going to be interesting because three guys with a little bit of a different taste each, but clearly you form this wonderful thing and listeners are going to know where that comes from. So the first song that we're going to play is from you, Alfie, and it goes like this. Above control, above control. 
of control by Warpaint. Yes. So the first question I want to ask you guys is a pretty basic one. It's about the way you write and record music as a group. Do you have a regular method for each song or is it more organic than that? Uh, yeah, most of the time I just uh, start uh, producing a beat or we just meet each other and, uh, together in the rehearsal room and uh, I start with a beat and when somebody plays a guitar with and we just uh, try out a lot and repeat the same with the same beat for like uh, half an hour and uh, yeah, after a while we meet again and uh, often Platze, he's always uh, like uh, composing at home or thinking about things uh, he's integrating into the song and uh, yeah, after a while we come to an end <laughs> and it could take, uh, sometimes it takes months, sometimes just a, a few weeks. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, whereas we, um, sometimes it happens that we don't come to an end, we just play the song live and then we figure out, oh, maybe we should change this part or cancel this part. Yeah. Uh, so I think we have a lot of songs that uh, like keep developing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and and sometimes we come back to songs that we started like I don't know uh, a year ago, and then we just uh, meet up in the rehearsal room and are like, well, yeah, let's try that one out, and then it just kind of happens, mm -hmm. and that's really nice. And also sometimes we keep on working on uh, on songs that are already kind of done, so we rethink them, and that that's really nice. Yeah. How do you make decisions as a band then? I mean, it sounds like it's always the three of you collaborating fully together at each step, but when it comes time to say, okay, this is finished, this is packaged, like we're ready to, to call this a complete piece of work, um, does it, is it by committee each time or is there one song that's like more yours and you sort of think, you know, I think I have like the best feel for the song, so I'm gonna say this is finished. Well, a lot of times it's, uh a lot of compromise like mm -hmm. we we keep on talking about what sounds best and whether it feels kind of finished mm -hmm. so yeah we keep on i guess we we discuss a lot of things together and just keep on talking about it and keep on trying things out yeah i think we have no part like if uh, somebody is unhappy with a certain part of a song uh, we are not uh, playing it right away so uh, okay. we're just playing it if uh, everybody is happy with it Right, so it's not it's not leaving the studio until all three of you have decided that it's finished. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's a really <laughs> harmonious way of doing uh, doing work together as a group. Honestly, Although sometimes yeah. Yeah, it sounds harmonious. Yeah, yeah. But that's no. like you know that's better than most groups and businesses and sports teams. You know, like to have that kind of uh, to have that kind of agreement between all the members. Yeah, it's a yeah. challenge I think for each and every one of us to like if. I mean, there, it happens that I feel comfortable with a song and then Platz or Stefan says, but this part is really shit. I feel like, <laughs> no, it's cool. Right. But uh, it's a challenge then to say, okay, ju let's just try and redo it, yeah. even though I'm comfortable with it or even though I think it's really great. Yeah. Then if Platz or Stefan says it's not, then there is something right about it. Right, too. right. And so a lot of the time I'm hearing that there is an improvisational spirit in the work you do. Um, it's not like you have a pretty set idea of what you want to like make sure it gets into a song. It's more freeform than that. And that's the nice thing about this whole project. We are always trying, uh, as Stefan said, the, the, the thing is that we uh, start with improvising mm -hmm. and then we basically keep improvising until like 
whole song happens and there's a fixed structure and we are, we aim to have uh, to don't have a fixed st structure yeah so that's a thing uh, that we're still trying to figure out yeah but basically it's it's always just 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 jamming and then then f uh, seeing where we are at and yeah. a lot of um for me basically it's a lot of uh putting back your your own mm -hmm. uh, how do you say uh your, your ego yeah you know d don't get too attacked uh, when you think your part is good but the others don't think the part is good yeah so the part isn't good until everyone thinks it's good right so yeah well let's hear an example of how that comes together this is one of your own songs it's called palermo was a song called Palermo by Dance Depot. And I know that as a band, um, people can hear already that your music lives in the middle of these two pretty well-defined worlds, right? There's 
uh, guitar-driven rock element, and then there's more of a synth-driven electronic or dance music element. And I wanted to ask, maybe this is hard to answer, <laughs> which love came first? <laughs> Actually, we started out as a rock music project, so ah. we had a real drummer, a singer with a, like, a soulful voice, yeah. and uh, I was playing a bass guitar first, mm -hmm. and uh, when then like the singer it was a bit of a problem that uh, it was like uh, <laughs> uh, she was not uh, um, she never came to the rehearsal she never came to rehearsal she just came in when we didn't expect her so the door was mm -hmm. opening and she just took the microphone improvised like in a crazy good way mm -hmm. um, yeah and so we and actually that time when we said it doesn't work out like this the drummer also told us that he wanted to leave and so i brought my drum machines and <laughs> then it was no rock project <laughs> anymore at the beginning we were like no we, we really need a voice to mm -hmm. to do mm -hmm. this even with a drum machine yeah. so we were uh, we were re rehearsing and we were keeping uh, producing all these tracks and at some point we just decided to play our first show and then when we played our first show we uh, noticed that yeah it kind of works yeah. as a live performance yeah so yeah that was basically the story yeah. the story of a uh, temperamental singer not coming to <laughs> rehearsal yeah. is a classic yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this exact scene of like the the door of the room was open and this person just waltzed in didn't do any warm-ups and then yeah. absolutely like yeah. slayed yeah. <laughs> yeah. basically basically that was it yeah. <laughs> just just that yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to ask if you guys were considering, you know, writing uh, lyrics and performing vocals, but I guess I guess it's a it's a figment of your past now, not your future. Well, um, not really. In the last rehearsals, we just uh, experimented with vocals and stuff. Okay, I mean, okay. sometimes we in invite uh, friends guess or vocals, other musicians yeah. to uh, sing to I don't know yeah. whatever song that yeah. we are playing. And in one of the last rehearsals, Platze even tried out some vocals. Just, yeah. just improvising? Yes. Uh, on the spot, nice one. Yeah, actually, in the song we just heard, there's like uh, my voice uh, in the background of a lot of reverb, but I'm not yeah. performing it live because uh, um, <laughs> it would be a mess. <laughs> you're busy, you're busy. You're already doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, when, when did, did was it a very um, long-standing thing in your head, though, of combining these two styles? Or was it something that happened because you, at the time, you thought, okay, well, our drummer and our singer are gone, so we, by necessity, we have to reconfigure our, our style. Yeah, basically, the, the, the second one, we uh, met at Stefan's uh, rehearsal space back then, and he told us he could bring his uh, drum machine and that we should try it out. So we met there, and at our first rehearsal, we started with our first uh, song idea, and it was... Uh, really organic and so 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 free of 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 every like conventional uh, uh, band uh, it, of every every you know yeah of uh, every band songwriting so uh, we were like all right maybe that's it mm -hmm. so let's try it out yeah and maybe find a voice but we didn't find one so yeah <laughs> but it's uh yeah we'll we'll find out soon. Yeah. I think we had a few songs that we used to play with a real drummer and with vocals and uh, we tried to like even if a vocals and drummer weren't there anymore to like re 
arranged them mm. with the drum machine, but I think pretty quickly we found out that it's going to be difficult mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. just rearrange them. Um, so we came up with completely new ideas. All right, well, let's move on to our next song. Plaza, this is one of yours. Nice. Dream by the OCs, and uh, all of us were bobbing our heads up and down, and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, super high energy song. Actually, that, there's a story to that song. Platz yeah. and me, we went to a concert yeah. from the OCs, and uh, I think it's one of the best songs or one of the strongest. Mm -hmm. And I expected them to play it at the end of the show, but yeah. they really just started with that song. Oh, really, <laughs> it was crazy. I, I think I just lost Platz somewhere yeah. in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was basically up front, uh, like, I don't know, three meters from the singer. And I just talked to my friend and I asked him um, if, if he knew this song because uh, I basically just dragged him along. He was like, no, 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 I don't know. It's, and, I, and I answered him like, I, hopefully they will play it tonight. Yeah. And they start at the first chord and yeah. the, the masses just, just keep pushing us uh -huh. up front. And uh -huh. I, 
at, at some point I lost my pendant mm -hmm. and I was looking for it on, on the ground <laughs> and people people around me thought that I uh, that I fell to the ground right, right, right. so I found my pendant and I yeah. had it in my hand and the guy just just pulled me up and I showed him my pendant yeah and he, and he thought that I wanted to crowd surf so so he so he picked me up and I was like the the, the first song I, I was yeah, just, just starting to, to crowd surf and I was at the back of, of, of the whole crowd so I had to make my way up front again so yeah, high energy stuff if you get to see them you definitely should yeah that's I'm, I'm happy you brought up this story because I wanted to ask about the energy and the intensity of seeing a, a, a live band and particularly a band like this um, we live in Berlin and Berlin is best known for its club music scene um, on any given night people are going out to see DJs and you know that's that's great there's a lot of great music out there and a lot of good DJs. Um, but for me, it feels like, I mean, I, I'm wondering if there's, if it's possible for a DJ performance to ever bring that kind of intensity or authenticity or spontaneity as the story that you just described. Uh, well, I think it's uh, like for the DJ himself, it's not possible, but uh, I think uh, if you have a good light show, like a good uh, video, um, Yeah, how, how do you call it like a video performance uh, yeah. it's uh, possible to bring like a, a new element to the show and to have like a, a different connection to the audience and I think uh, like a moderate or mode selector were really good in it uh, exactly yeah, yeah <laughs> for example yeah yeah and 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 uh, what I also like is when um, DJs are not too um, too snobby to to mm -hmm. appreciate when people well well i guess drunk people come up to them and and are really thankful for them playing right like that's a, a, a that's a common theme in clubs that like a lot of drunk people come up to them are like yeah bro that's a totally sick song man you, thank you much uh, thank you so much for playing that yeah. and just appreciating that that's also like kind of uh, uh, high energy i guess right. for that moment right right so yeah um when you guys perform do you feel like you have uh like this kind of intimate connection with your audience right away? Because you also play really high energy music a lot of the time and you can see people's reactions instantly because they're dancing, they're moving. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel like that's something that, I guess, is more possible because they're watching people? Like they're watching you actually do this and they can see your expressions and your emotions and your involvement um, like more physically rather than being behind a table yeah actually i think so um because first of all i think there's a connection between us on the stage for sure so that people can see and they catch on yeah it. yeah so exactly so that's what reflects on hopefully on the audience yeah um yeah but uh, still i think there are differences uh we had a few shows for example where we had a real stage and okay. i think that's not so comfortable all the time uh, i think we like we really like the connection with the audience yeah. so it's better to not have a stage mm -hmm. to just be like part of the audience even i think once we played in a it was a restaurant or something it was a really spontaneous <laughs> gig uh, somebody's birthday and he was like yeah well, you should just play and we were okay we just set up some pa and uh, amps and just play and that was really really good for the connection to the audience because it was really spontaneous we were just part of the audience basically and then just playing um yeah that's important 
I think it's also important that what what time we're actually playing because uh, I think uh, before 8 p.m. or like at 7 p.m. we played it, we tried it, and I think we were not doing it again because uh, uh, it's a different vibe. And uh, yeah, it's yeah. The, that's the uh, dinner time spot. Yeah. Basically, the drunker they are, the better we get. Right. So, yeah. Has anybody? What is the most crazy crowd antic at one of your shows? Has anybody crowd surfed or like stage dived? Uh, not yet, but hopefully they, uh -huh. they will uh, be doing that. But we had a lot of really fun. Uh, how do you say shouts doing during our show <laughs> because they, they were friends of ours right, that right. knew how to make us laugh right so yeah uh, yeah we were playing in italy this summer and uh, uh, there was like a really oh, yeah. drunk girl and there was not even a real stage and the club was like a really long garage uh, actually <laughs> and so all the instruments or like all my electronic devices were like in public and I was so afraid that uh, something will fall down because she was uh, <laughs> dancing but uh, she was way too drunk and uh, yeah it was and she was not only dancing she just, at one point <laughs> she just started talking to me while I was speaking which was so cool I mean <laughs> but I really I mean I'm not so good in multitasking so <laughs> it was hard to like uh, follow her conversation and still try to keep on playing but also the guitar from Alfie was like um, after the first song completely did tuned so it's like a, like a cat's music but, but, but the the fun thing was uh, uh, a bit the the the, the um, uh, detuning and stuff i was standing there and it was really hot because i guess it was our second day in, in palermo mm -hmm. and it was really hot and i i just tried to stay alive and and yeah. i was just sweating so much and i was playing and i was uh, looking over to alfie and he and he just kept smiling, sweating, and playing, and this girl just kept uh, kept on talking, not, not not even bothering stopping, you know. So and, and Alfie was actually way too nice to to tell her to 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 sort off or whatever. So she just kept talking. That, that was really nice. Yeah. Uh, well, you were sweating, smiling, and playing the guitar, so you were multitasking, yeah, yeah, yeah. multitasking just fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, <laughs> we're about to play you one of Stefan's songs for the first time. Here we go.
sad I had to cut it off there. Yeah, every, you should definitely listen to all the you know seven and a half minutes of that song. Um, that was a "Take Me Into Your Skin" by Trentamola, and I'm happy that we get to talk about this band because people say that okay, like you know he's the one guy, but when he performs, he brings his whole band, and people say that the band is more outrageous and more interesting, and there's way more of a um, unexpectedness to their live performances. People say that about a lot of these bands, like Soul Wax, Motorat, Weevil, um, and probably your music as well. Like, what brings out this extra quality in a live performance that can't be captured in the studio? I think it's uh, difficult to say that the live performance uh, is uh, like immediately better, but it's different, or like there's like a, a high risk of it being like. Failing actually, and uh, with Trent Murler, it's interesting because uh, he collaborates with a lot of different singers, and uh, sometimes the voice of a singer he's on tour is not matching the voice of the song he's performing. And uh, ah. um, I, I, yeah, I, I saw him just performing in in Amsterdam at the Paradiso. It's an old church, yeah. and. Uh, Actually, uh, the performance wasn't that good. And also, like a, like, like a friend of a friend, I went uh, to the concert where he told us he's living in Amsterdam and he told us, yeah, bands in Amsterdam are always worse because uh, the sound engineers <laughs> <laughs> smoke too much weed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Trent Miller, he's like, um, if you listen to the records, it's like uh, perfection because he's a real like, a sound perfection. engineering nerd. Yeah. Um, but life, it's always like, um, yeah, because he's taking like an artistic risk of bringing new people uh, to every show. Uh, it's always interesting to listen because you don't know what to expect. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's so difficult to convey if you record something in the studio. Or, I mean, we we are now producing an EP, and um, it's definitely the songs. I think have definitely they have to be different than the live songs because mm -hmm. it's just you it's at least for us it's so difficult to convey the the energy and the atmosphere of yeah. the live performance exactly, yeah. so we often have to think about oh, what can we change in the songs that when you don't play them live but you just play them with your hear them with the com just computer stuff then what needs to be changed yeah, yeah and, and uh, if when you're performing live Uh, there needs to be a, like a, you always have to um, um, to put much more effort into into uh, bringing like 120 percent just to uh, keep the crowd moving and and just I don't know to to keep the flow between you and your musicians uh, flowing and that that's also uh, very different from like the recordings. Mm -hmm. All right. We are gonna play, we're gonna do a, a huge mood shift again right now because Plaza, we're gonna play another one of your selections. Nice. I wanna take you home. Yeah. For a slip. 
song called Charles William by All Them Witches. Very smooth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm loving the, the variety so far. <laughs> um, I had to look this up. So All Them Witches, they're from Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. And when I hear that, I can like, it makes sense to me. It doesn't seem so surprising. They sound like a Southern rock band from the US, right? Do you think Dance Depot sounds like a band from Berlin? <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I think we do because we are from Berlin. Yeah. I, I'm born and raised, and uh, Alfie and Stefan are living here, so it has to sound like Berlin. Mm -hmm. But also, it 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 um, it has so many different styles in it, like the electronic side from from uh, from Stefan, the post punky side from Alfie, and the blues metal side from me. Exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, and also Berlin is very multicultural, uh, so I, I guess it does sound like Berlin, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just have to repeat what Platzer said, yeah. I think it's, uh, I mean, music-wise, you are right. I mean, Berlin is just famous for its clubbing scene and stuff, but still, um, in Berlin, a lot of variety of different styles, not only of music, but of living come yeah. together. And yeah. I think that's what is represented in our music. Do you think that it's often the case that the music coming out of a place fits the setting? Well, yeah, there's a lot of things, I, I guess, uh, going on there. Uh, if you if you are in a place like uh, all the witches from, from Nashville, where there's a lot of Southern influence and there's a lot of uh, country going on, uh, you used to, uh, and you're used to, to hearing that, that you... Uh, that you uh, involve that 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 kind of style in, into your style, but as 
other witches are uh, have done uh, you use that style to to maybe do something different mm -hmm. so there i guess there's not only that one thing uh, that that uh, comes from from one place it also is a possibility to to uh, evolve your own style and to um, make something great that that has been done already mm -hmm. Uh, to push that to another limit, like there was the stoner scene in Berlin is, is is so huge because like 15 years ago, no, not 15 years, like seven, eight years ago, uh, the stoner st scene started uh, growing in Berlin and Kadaver and all those really huge bands started um, to to do the stoner stuff in Berlin. And as, as we already said, uh, the clubbing scene is so huge in Berlin. Uh, so even though the clubbing scene was so huge in Berlin, there started this this really huge stoner, rocky, uh, southern style thing in Berlin. So yeah, I, I guess it's not only the one thing, uh, like coming from, from one place, there's also the possibility of it becoming something more. Mm. Yeah. And that's what I like about migration, because I think all of us, we even, even Platze, who was born and raised, we all have like, different backgrounds mm -hmm. and uh, our parents, parents come from other places or we know different cultures mm -hmm. and um, that's what influences the sound even though we all live in Berlin right. and uh, that's a good thing. All right. Well, we're about to listen to a fellow Berlin-based artist. Um, they're called Gino Francis. This song is called Dance With Me. Yes, nice. <laughs>
So I wanted to yeah maybe expand on a topic that I think you guys were already starting to talk about. Um, how would you describe the music scene in Berlin today? Um, I think it's way more varied and there's way more dimensions to it than people might expect because especially visitors treat Berlin as this like monolithic techno club culture thing and it's not that. So maybe you can expand on yeah being on being inside of it being in the music community here. How would you describe the scene? Yeah, I think there's not just like this one music scene because it's uh, separated into uh, so many different uh, scenes. And I think also like this uh, techno scene is like a rather closed uh, circle in Berlin. So there are mm -hmm. like a few artists just like uh, doing things parties together, but they're not like most of them are not really open uh, to other things. But also by a lot of like um, artist-run spaces or like like illegal clubs, like uh, at Ziegerstraße, like uh, a friend of us, he's uh, head that club, Internet Explorer, where we also did our first parties, and uh, yeah, where you can see like um, like how diverse the scene actually is, like where there are like um, different styles and um, a lot of people like um, like putting all their energy into their music, uh, their project, where they're running, yeah. Yeah, maybe just to follow up on what he said, um, at a certain point, then we just um, we came up with the idea to uh, organize a series of parties and events to uh, actually bring together different worlds, um, different music scenes in Berlin. So the live rock or electronic rock, live electro music scene and the DJ clubbing scene. And um, yeah, so we would have, and we still have like live bands and DJs on, on these parties. And uh, yeah, the band that we just heard, uh, Juno Francis was one of the first bands we invited for, uh, yeah, this party series. Yeah. Do you have any predictions for what kind of music will be coming out of the yeah, Berlin music community? High energy stuff. <laughs> I, I, I guess it's 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 very hard to say because um, of Berlin being so huge and mm -hmm. and so popular. I guess for uh, musicians to to come here and to fulfill their dream, and because Berlin is still kind of cheap, so it's uh, kind of hard to say in which direction it will go. Hopefully, it it will stay. Um, Uh, that way of being uh, multicultural and having all these niche uh, and niche genres because I think uh, you you can always find your genre in Berlin like yeah. uh, if, if you haven't found it you just haven't found it yet mm -hmm. so you just have to keep looking so I guess it, and also with with all the all the production stuff becoming much more uh, affordable mm -hmm. It's way easier for for people to just create music. So I'm I really, I guess I'm really looking forward to what's going to happen in the next few years here in Berlin. Hopefully, we will be part of that. So mm -hmm. yeah, let's see. Yeah. Okay, the next song is by a band called The Soft Moon. It's called Breathe the Fire.
So we've definitely heard uh, Plaza, your more blues-influenced style of guitar playing, and now we've definitely heard Alfie, your more post-punk-influenced style of guitar playing. Um, the Soft Moon's music has been described as the following. Dark wave, <laughs> minimal wave, post-punk, and industrial rock. I don't even know what minimal wave means. I have a vague idea. <laughs> I have a vague idea of what dark wave is. <laughs> are are music genres important because they give fans the ability to identify and find each other to form communities of fans, or are they meaningless titles that are coined by music journalists that unnecessarily box in artists? I think if you want to get gig as, gigs as a, as a young musician, uh, you really have to <laughs> invent your, your genre because uh, people are asking for it. Uh, because, uh, yeah, you can't just say, I'm making music. Uh, it won't be enough for people to uh, to think of yeah anything more <laughs> than that. Yeah. I think it's both of what you've said. I think it's important. I mean, it's always the first question that people ask. If they say, hey, are you a band? What kind of Absolutely. music do you have? So, yeah. Yeah, it's so difficult. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very difficult. Yeah. And uh, I think, yeah, it's important for them to identify, but still it's also like at a certain point, I think we thought of maybe we can invent another genre, just saying mm -hmm. we're playing electric. Tropica or, or something, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. so that people wouldn't know what kind of music it is. Um, yeah, but I don't think we've stick to it. Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's uh, what you said that that uh, it it's kind of I don't know it's kind of stupid to start talking about genres and and whatnot. At, at one point, it's necessary, you know, to. I don't know. I don't want to listen to Helena Schäfer, uh, Fischer. Fischer. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Helena Fischer, because 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 I don't know I, I don't know the uh, genre that she's playing, uh, but but at, uh, on the other hand, it's just plain stupid, you know. When 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 I talk to people uh, having projects and they start talking about yeah, I have this new wave minimal uh, techno uh, gypsy Balkans uh, minimal stuff, you know, you have to listen to it, man. You have to listen to it. To, to get into it so, uh, so it's I guess yeah it's it's weird uh, on the other hand I think a minimal wave is uh, like I think a pretty good description for the music uh, the, the soft moon is doing because uh, he's just playing one note on the guitar <laughs> and uh, turning <laughs> Turning up uh, like uh, feedback on his delay pedal and yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's sometimes the people who coin the genres really get it right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe, yeah. Um, that I've never heard, Stefan. Your, your first point that it's a very important discoverability thing. I'd never heard that point made before, mm -hmm. but I'm thinking about it now, and, and it really is this like litmus test for a first-time listener. Mm -hmm. I have so many options. I can listen to anything and I know what I like. I'm not even going to give you a chance mm -hmm. unless I have some idea of what to expect. Yeah. Um, this, don't you think that's not lazy necessarily, but it, people are, listeners are so hard to get sometimes um, mm -hmm. because, I mean, we live in Berlin where there's obviously a lot of creators and a lot of creative musicians that maybe people are, overwhelmed by not even music that's out there, but the music that people they know are making. Mm -hmm. Like, oh guys, I have five other friends mm -hmm. 
their bands all want me to listen to their shit too. And like my DJ friends are like, oh yeah, like check out my, check out my, my, my mix. And like my producer friends are like, oh yeah, like I've really been experimenting with this like new kind of compression or whatever. <laughs> and it becomes overwhelming for, for people. Yeah. Um, so how do you like, I guess, not convince, but um, make it as easy as possible for listeners to like give your music a chance? Mm. That's a really good question. <laughs> we always always try to draw comparisons. Like, uh, if if you if you like that band, you you should definitely listen to us. Right. And we put a lot of uh, time into uh, researching those bands and kind of well, kind of we also also knew a lot of these bands because we were already listening to them. So I guess maybe uh, the 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 good thing to do is uh, a mix using old old genres that that you know people might find okay with your music mm -hmm. uh, it, it might might be similar and also trying to to start uh, implementing your own genre title like mm -hmm. uh, so that people start calling your music that one genre yeah so maybe that's a good way to doing it yeah Okay, well, we're about to listen to another Dance Depot song. And this is, this is a cover, right? Yeah, it's a traditional. It's important right. to say because uh, <laughs> if you're playing in Germany, uh, you might get into trouble with GEMA if you're playing uh, <laughs> a cover. Yeah. A cover. <laughs> and like in this artist run spaces, uh, it's we're an playing. Italian traditional, so <laughs> right, right, right. GEMA can't just catch us. <laughs>
Bella Chow. And I have to ask what your motivation was for covering this particular, I mean, it's beautiful. And the, the version is spectacular. Um, was it merely because of like, as a, you know, as a song, as a piece of music, it was interesting or for the implication? It's uh, really easy to answer. <laughs> I'm working for a political party and it's uh, the socialist uh, party and uh, uh, we were thinking about uh, playing for like uh, the, the summer party. Um, and so we were looking for, for, for like a socialist political song. And uh, so <laughs> we actually learned that song, but we never played uh, that uh, Sommerfest. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we're still performing it. <laughs> for people that don't know, what is the backstory of the, the original backstory of the song? That's hard in English. Um, uh, yeah, it's an old party. How do you say partisan? Partisan, partisan yeah. song. Um, against the fascist uh, regime in Italy, and uh, I think it's. I probably don't don't have to lose so much words to say what the implication is for mm. nowadays. Yeah, and um, yeah, that was definitely a motivation for us to uh, play that song. Yeah. And man, is it weird that the times have changed from from the first time that we started? Well, they don't actually have changed but it has become much more important yeah. uh, to to you know uh, to don't be a uh, to 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 say something against fascism so it's really uh, it's kind of good that we actually did that and we also did a first version after we uh, started rehearsing that song at a very spontaneous gig with a singer that was uh, playing in the band before before us and, he, and we asked him whether he wanted to play because there's a famous German cover of, of it uh, by Hannes Wader and he's singing in German. So it's a singer's, a singer's uh, German Liedermaching text and he sang that song and it was really nice because all the people in the, in the, in the audience knew the, the text to it and it was really nice playing that song but it was ve very rough. So um, uh, after we did that, We uh, came up with the second part that that came uh, that that comes after the uh, the the normal uh, text, and yeah, we we thought about just finishing it and putting it on our new EP that is coming out very soon. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> All right, perfect. Um, we're gonna play you another song. It's called "Someday" by Weevil.
Kind of sort of experimentation, or like, what were some of the, um, the like, how far out there did you go? Like, what are some of the um, interesting processes that you went through musically to decide what's going to be on the CP? Not just your day to day songwriting, but in terms of like, what's going to make the cut? Well, yeah, the the first song uh, that we knew had to had to come on the EP, EP was Bella Ciao. Mm-hmm. Because for us, it was really an experiment to uh, involve other mu- musicians in the process of uh, recording. Uh, we heard the sec- uh, saxophone played mm-hmm. by Nico. Yeah. He's, a, he's a good friend of ours. And, uh, and also including a voice, which is very unusual for everything that we have recorded uh, thus far. And um, it was really... I guess that was one of the songs that that took m- most of the time recording because all of the other songs we already knew. All right, that has to sound like that. We have to play it like that. And with Bella Ciao, we had a lot of uh, revision and uh, a lot of uh, discussion about whether and how to to uh, to implement the the voice. So I guess that was the hardest part about the EP. Because the other stuff, we just, I guess, everyone uh, everyone just, just practiced at home mm-hmm. and then just laid down the tracks. But with Bella Ciao, there were all these things involved with the second part uh, coming in as the dance depot part yeah. with all the heavy stuff and all the, 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 the angry stuff. Yeah. And also doing that while including the, the voice without it sounding too corny. And also paying tribute to to the song, the the the, the uh, traditional song. Yeah. For me, that was uh, the hardest part and the most uh, the most uh, weird and and also uh, of us going outside of our uh, safe space, I guess. Yeah. All right, we're gonna hear one more Dance Depot song, and it is called. Spider Dark Moon Shadow Blast. <laughs>
again, that was a song called Spider Dark Moon Shadow Blast, which will is a song title that will never be repeated. <laughs> <laughs> but you did it twice. Very good job. Yeah, yeah, no, I think pe people need to know. People need to know the name. Um, you were just telling me that that opening riff, which is killer, by the way, um, is something that you thought of 15 years ago. And it's something that was laying dormant and you saw like the right fit for it. What are some musical ideas that you've had that you, each of you has had that you're like in the same way waiting for the opportune time to implement? Whether it's, it could be, you know, you want to have like operatic vocals or like an organ harpsichord solo or something. It could be <laughs> wild like that, you know, or it can be, yeah, a little bit more everyday too. You have uh, ideas that you're just sitting on. Yeah. Like, uh, also at the same time when, when, when this riff, uh, when I came up with this riff, I have like, it was at that time that I uh, first bought my first looper and that I could actually record my ideas. So uh, at that time I started listening to Tool and there's also like a lot of space opera stuff that I, that I started recording and uh, I, I just like a year ago started listening to Justice who are kind of doing that stuff. So hopefully uh, for me, this uh, this is a way that we, we will go and we, we will kind of implement into our music because space opera stuff, that would be just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I think in one of the last rehearsals, we even just, um, we listened again to songs that we uh, recorded when we still had a, a singer and a drum drum player and um, yeah I, I think the one of the ideas that we are now trying to write a song on uh, is one of the ideas that we had when we when we were a rock band exactly so yeah it happens every once in a while that we just and and also I'm very looking forward to Alfie doing a rap part uh, doing one of our songs yeah <laughs> One of my guilty pleasures. And as a final question for you guys, it's simple. Um, what are your goals as a group? What are your goals as artists? I think we want to play live as lot as we can. And uh, we really want to bring forward this idea that we started this year to uh, organize our own parties and bring together different people, genres, different music styles in one party. And yeah, I think these are two goals already. <laughs> yeah, and, and also uh, involving uh, uh, the, the the world of the DJs with the world of the musicians because I guess there's there's so much that that each uh, at every one musician can learn from DJs and DJs can benefit from musicians so that would be really nice to get these two worlds together and and I guess uh, play as Alfie said a lot of shows play uh, a lot of really weird shows <laughs> like like the one that that Alfie t uh, uh, spoke about before with the with the restaurant mm -hmm. because those are the best ones and just have a great time and come up with new music and not repeat ourselves yeah 
yeah, for me, it would be cool to play as much festivals as we can the next year because uh, it's always uh, more easy if other people are organizing things for you <laughs> and uh, people are happy anyway to be anyways to be <laughs> to be at the festival, so uh, you don't need to worry about anything. <laughs> and sometimes they even pay you. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, tell everybody what they can expect from you soon. The EP that we've talked about a couple of times. And what else? Yeah, we're still arguing if we are doing a EP release party. <laughs> uh, and I think today we wrote the first mail to get uh, like access to like a club uh, in Berlin. Uh, probably it will be a coup, be a coup because uh, yeah, we did well, uh, had some good experiences there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, if there are some musicians out there, we are always looking for musicians to uh, do features like we did uh, with Bella Ciao or even with other songs and we had really good experiences not only in recording but also in playing live with other musicians so um, yeah I hope that's something you can expect from us yeah. also buy the EP yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah and uh, there's going to be before we are going to release the EP there's going to be uh, our f yeah not our first video but uh, our first one shot right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a live video which was done by Alex Berlin uh, some really cool people working there and uh, yeah we're really happy that they asked us to play there it's going to be a single like choreographed single shot no 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 cuts yeah there are, no, there are going to be no cuts right. exactly and uh it's going to be a live performance of palermo with three different colors in this video uh, <laughs> it's crazy you, uh, you have to see it to believe it I think you, people have to see you guys perform to believe it too, because I've been, I've seen you guys uh, more than once, and it is fucking sick. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> Thanks, what I'll, that's what that's what I'll end this show with. Um, Thanks, yeah. Stefan, Alfie, Plaza, thank you guys so much for being on the show, and we are about to play you your plus one track. It is called Perfidia, by a group called Alien Alien. Thank you, Brian. Thanks. <laughs> To you, 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 Forgetful of the 
promise of love you sharing another child We the solemn and my dreams are faded like a broken melody While the gods are all down and loaded for romantic fools we Take it back, breathe inside the feeling